Hello and welcome to the Green Shoots podcast, a conversation about intellectual property focused on what matters most to innovators, inventors and brand owners right now. In each episode, we discuss managing, monetizing and safeguarding intellectual property in the context of what's happening now in industry, IP law and systems and the wider landscape. I'm your host, Charlie Leslie, and I'm part of the IP team here at Apple Yard Lees. Joining us today are Richard Bray and Adam Tyndall, both partners at Apple Yard Lees and both patent attorneys. They support all types of clients across similar technologies from electronics, consumer goods, food processing, power generation and transport. Richard is a physicist and spends some of his time judging on awards at the Institute of Physics. Adam was originally an engineer at Rolls-Royce and still takes any chance he can to get up close and personal with interesting machines. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Charlie. Hello. Adam and Richard, we're in the midst of COVID-19, with movement restricted, research and development compromised and business priorities shifting. What are you and your clients thinking about right now? Hi, Charlie. Yeah, thanks for the question. I think it's um, fair to say that clients of all shapes and sizes have had uh, more than one question uh, on this current topic. It's all been so fast paced that um, I think in like, personal and professional lives, it's just been quite a mess really the last few weeks in terms of adopting to different ways of working um, and things like that. I think one of the questions I've seen asked by question, as clients of all different sizes is generally how the IP system is adopting new ways of working and adapting their rules and regulations for this situation. And it's often been quite hard to, well, for me at least, being honest, quite hard to answer that because, again, it's been so fast-paced only a month or so ago that there weren't really many changes in play, really, from the IP systems. And they've had to adapt very quickly. For example, the European Patent Office and the UK IPO have um, implemented sort of extensions of deadlines and, and things like that. Um, but there's still some uncertainty as to how long those extensions will go on for. Um, are all the deadlines extended? So even there, where the patent offices have been very helpful in, in giving some leeway, it's still not crystal clear, really, what clients do in each and every situation. I was going to say, I think it's really interesting that client, some clients did instantly want answers, but the answers just weren't there. We, we almost yeah. have a, uh, a culture of expecting governments and institutions to instantly react to the situation which is happening around them. Uh, I mean, the European Patent Office was relatively quick, but it was still a couple of weeks, and the UK IPO was very slow, and then... Uh, you know, perhaps their communications weren't all that clear. Yes. I mean, a lot of my clients haven't been asking about deadline extensions, really. They've been just trying to kind of grind on with, just trying to keep it as as, as business as, as normal. Yes. And just to, just to jump in there, I mean, we, for example, run lots of European Patent Office oral proceedings by video conference. And we have done so for many clients, um, especially some of the bigger corporates, for a long time. I mean, years and um, so we don't always go to the European Patent Office in person for those uh, conferences. So in some ways, you were already set up well to adopt to the or adapt to the changes in that respect, where now all of those proceedings are generally being held by video conference or postponed. There's been quite a lot of interesting change quite suddenly, I think. I mean, it's, yes. it maybe sounds a bit perverse, but I feel quite excited by everything that's that's happened. It seems like a great big kick you know, promoting or different ways of working and maybe better ways of working as well. I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, what I, do you think? I agree with that. I, I, I think that it's, it's me, it's changed everything. 
and I, I, you know, and again, that, that applies from supermarkets to patent firms, but it's changed everything and probably in some ways to a minor degree forever. But even with the European Patent Office, they've been really, and understandably so, sticklers for rules. That's that's what they are, that's what they do, that's what they're known for around the world. But but it's two examples of how they change quickly with, with the oral proceedings, for example, by video, which all clients will be having oral proceedings of some kind, probably in, in their IP experience and their, their careers or input or output wise. But they, for example, when they only recently really started switching to video conferencing or, or allowing it more readily, they would often refuse video conferences if the subject matter was too complex to do by video, mm. which is often a bit of a gray area because most things can be handled by video nowadays. For example, like television, Netflix, and things like that. You can generally get the gist, of, <laughs> generally get the gist, gist of someone's intention over a video stream. But anyway, it's, it's been a thing they've done where if it's too complex, they won't let you do that. Well, that's gone out the window completely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that excuse is gone. It's really interesting, isn't it? Suddenly, it's it's suddenly. Oh no, it's absolutely fine. There's nothing too yes. complicated. There's nothing that we can't do by by, exactly. by video. It's uh, yeah. We were quite fleet-footed, and I think the nature of what we do allows us to do that but it's probably quite hard for some potential clients for example mm. to, to have that same pace of change with with such efficiency if the best way of putting it i mean for example uh, some clients i work with they are based in a physics-like environment and they might need to access the lab now and again and depending on what they do that might be slowed down at the moment but on the other hand lots of the actual invention comes from thinking in, in, in some of the physics and electronics and, and maybe sort of more functional like tech inventions. And so, for example, their business might not be as impacted as, say, someone who needs to go in and do, uh, I don't know, baking a tray of substrates or some genetic testing. So one thing I found, and not even just professionally, just amongst friends, is how everyone's impacted in the same way, in, in an umbrella-like way, if that makes sense. We're all locked down in some way. We're all allowed out for a half an hour exercise, etc. But some of my, uh, some of the clients, some of my colleagues in work, it's really, maybe not in hindsight surprised me, but definitely before this happened, it surprised me just how subsectors have been impacted in different ways. Um, and, and I think that certainly as a business, we're seeing that. I, th I think we're seeing that some clients are carrying on as normal. I'd go as far as saying mm. some clients might even be, and again, not being too controversial or giving too much away, but might even benefit from this. And again, not in any sort of graspy or cynical way, just just their business might see an, an upturn in this, depending on what they do. It's not exactly taking advantage of the situation. It's just the way the the cards have fallen. And yeah, have you both seen maybe with with everything that's going on, maybe how clients or companies have come to you um, with maybe new designs or new ideas for the COVID nineteen epidemic, or maybe like if it's something that's you know, oh, we can quickly get this out for manufacturing or we want to get this out now or maybe something so it doesn't happen again. Do you Have you had any kind of those experiences? I, I've seen a few. Just um, one personally actually just uh, today, stroke yesterday, where it looks as though someone's got some tech for monitoring ventilators, uh, quite a big corporate, and they've accelerated a filing in Europe to do with that. Now, I, I don't know why at the moment, um, and it could be just complete coincidence, but th that's happened. I know a colleague um, in our Manchester office um, has been approached by some contacts about potentially resurrecting rights that were abandoned a while or so ago uh, in terms of, again, nothing cynical, just in terms of things that maybe had no 
commercial or, or, or other value a year or so ago, maybe they, they do now. And, uh, and is it possible to revive those rights? Not necessarily to enforce or sue somebody, but there might be some licensing angle there. I, I, I don't know. But that, that clearly has prompted that conversation. I was going to say, it's, an in, it's, it's in terms of coming up with innovations to deal with the, the present situation, it almost, you know, I wonder how that goes down. Is it, is it, is it actually something that's unpalatable to the rest of society that they yeah. you know that you're trying to enforce your rights about something although there, to some extent uh, i've seen news stories and i was talking to someone yesterday about uh filters for ventilators how there are kind of medical class ones which cost about five thousand pounds or something like that and then but then there are ones which are almost identical for paint spraying equipment for about 500 and I, I and i'm told i do not know i'm told that they are interchangeable but there are there are certain rights around those that the people are insisting in enforcing but I, i'm not really see, i'm not seeing anything new, directly related to solutions you know like medical equipment or mm. i am seeing people carrying on business as normal supplying things which are useful to society running as a whole, or people just trying to carry on keeping their businesses running as much as normal. And people kind of taking stock a bit, and because they're not quite so busy, they're getting in touch and doing IP jobs, which they maybe should have done three months ago, but now they've got time to think about it. One thing that I've wondered about is the potential clash in these times between the IP profession or the IP systems and the, the need of the people, for want of a better way of putting mm. it. So, for example, I, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure, I might have got it slightly wrong, so don't quote me on this, but uh, back in around uh, September um, the 11th, all those years ago, there was all sorts of things I saw in the sort of patent press about uh, effectively compulsory licensing or similar, where the, the governments of the US and the world could could do whatever they want, really, in terms of like uh, I don't know, testing for explosives and things like that without worrying about patents. I've seen murmurings of, of that now in terms of uh, crown use, um, compulsory licensing for technologies that are, I'm not sure if this is the right word, but essential at the moment in terms of getting ventilators sorted, getting um, antibody testing sorted. I mean, are people worried or should they be worried or will they be worried later on about infringing patents in this time? There's a clash coming up somewhere along those lines, I think, in terms of pricing or in terms of lawsuits. And it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out on moral, ethical, IP and financial grounds. Yeah. If you're a manufacturer, if you're uh, making filters for respirators cheaply and uh, selling them or giving them to the NHS is, uh, you know, in a year's time, it would be that there's nobody has said it's a free for all. Nobody has said there's a crown use provisions in play. Nobody, you know, the, 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 there exactly. have been no, you know, yeah, that's a really interesting point. Yeah. I mean, I, I, from, from the sector I'm in, I, I don't, well, I'm probably Adam as well. It, it, I don't think it impacts, I don't think at the moment at least as much. Maybe MedTech, I'm involved in a little bit of that, but maybe not necessarily in this field. But I can well imagine it impacting um, some of our clients or our colleagues' clients even more so. Um, but yeah, it's just generally, it, it wasn't so much to make a point, but more of just an, an interesting thought experiment that I can imagine there must be some boardrooms somewhere in the world where they're having these debates now in terms of do they try and enforce these rights? How do they do that with the press pressure and with moral pressure? And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. My guess is it's such a widely impactful thing 
that um, I don't want to use the words right and wrong, but that's judging too much. But I'm sure I'm sure something will be done that somehow everyone's happy at the end of it. I, I'd imagine I, I can't imagine too many companies playing hardball too much in this environment because everyone's got to get on with each other after this is gone. So, but yeah, well, they, they have, but you know, on the other hand, it's uh, you know playing devil's advocate and not 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 appearing to appear to be on the side of the bad guys. But if you spent yeah. time yep. investing in a product that suddenly becomes very useful, you know, and okay, it's a time it's a time of of crisis, but you know, is it still it's still fair that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that, that that you should you know you shouldn't lose your rights or lose your ability to to make a living and employ all the people that you employ just because there's a virus which is uh, exactly that yeah going right. I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, it, it's um, it is it is. Yeah. And I I, I saw um, an article somewhere about there there were some or there are some core patents on some ventilator technology, and um, I think it was on the BBC actually. Someone asked about. I think it was quite a, a broad question, maybe not quite understanding the detail, but what about IP rights in, in and amongst that? And somebody mm. was saying that, well, they would probably sub-license or um, they, they would sort it out behind the scenes and other companies might manufacture these things, but the main brand owner, the, the main patent holder, it would all be channeled through them. But the questions and answers in that interview seemed to me to be um, quite layman's terms and quite mainstream. Quite I, I, I suspected, yeah. yeah, I suspected there's probably a lot more potential problems behind the scenes than there was made out in the sort of you know bbc midday news piece on that well go on let's do a thought experiment tell you what i'll pretend to be a uh, a client for a mask manufacturer and i've got a registered design for a mask which is now being made by everybody under the sun and i come to you richard bray talented patent attorney and registered design attorney uh, what what do you think my chances are of being able to enforce my registered design at this time? I think firstly I'd be out of the office right now. <laughs> uh, uh, but but um, in, in, in all seriousness, I, I think this is this, this is exactly a, a good thought experiment because it, it it's really hits home that, that that's not a ventilator, that's not the cure for the entire pandemic. That that's potentially a a tangible query, isn't it? And. I think there are lots of things. I mean, could they enforce their rights? Well, my understanding is at the moment, well, certainly they could at one extreme. And I guess at the other end of the spectrum, would they want to enforce their rights? Well, I, I don't know. Is it right to do so? Well, you've already mentioned a few minutes ago that, well, the rights and wrongs of this are, are quite different and, and fluid because you, you file for protection for that design or that, or that that patentable invention have many years ago based on all that research, all that development, all, all those hours of inputs. And now to not, be able to get some kind of reward or or, or um, a benefit from that would seem a bit odd and, and fly against the patents and design systems. But I don't know, it'd be a difficult conversation. I think in a legal sense, you'd say, well, at the present time, it seems as though you probably could enforce those rights. And I guess mm. in a more practical sense, I would at least as a personally like to be nice behind the scenes and try and make something work for all. You know, yeah. you don't want the you don't want the person, the inventor or designer, to be to be absolutely shafted by this. At the same time, you probably don't want that key key piece of kit not to be helping people. And and I think a, a lot of personalities will come to the fore in and amongst the calculations to do with royalties and infringements and suing people. So, with everything that's going on uh, with COVID nineteen, have you seen a decline or um, an increase or maybe a shift change with filings that are maybe coming to you or not coming to you? I've seen a mix. I think the best way of putting it, um, I've seen some clients carrying on as normal. If anything, they might even increase their work, maybe 
the corporates in particular, I think that they might have a sweeping changes in terms of press pause on what we're doing for a while to see what's happening in our country um, with our workforce, with our funding. Other clients might have, uh, like I said earlier on, like a, potentially a, a boom in the next couple of months and couple of years with sales in their particular tech area going to the roof. What about you, Adam? There doesn't seem to be a, a one-size-fits-all solution for all companies. Yeah. Certainly some of the larger consumer electronics firms seem to be going pretty much as normal. Um, I think in larger organizations, they've maybe had a instant reactive budget freeze on certain things, which means that there's been a press pause on some work. But what I suspect will happen is that that will that pause will be taken off and, and there'll, there'll be a kind of little tidal wave of, of work to, to catch up to where they were going to be. It's, in, it's interesting. I've seen, I think we've written some articles on pressing pause and some clients have used that terminology that one thing about the patent system and going back to the beginning of this podcast about um, the patent offices giving extensions, it's, it's worth mentioning that they're extending deadlines. The deadlines will still be there. Mm. And so people are going to have to make some hard calls. And I, and I mean, in a literal sense, instead of IP rights, but also the funding that goes with those and the, and the spend that goes with those, that you can't press pause forever unless you abandon these things. And, yeah. and for a lot of corporates and startups, they simply, well, I, say they, I wouldn't say they can't do that, but that's not really a viable option. If your startup is based on IP, which quite often, if not more often than not, it is, that's often all they've got, or the majority of what they've got is, is, is their IP portfolio, they, they can press pause for a bit or press pause for a bit longer with some extensions or getting some extensions via us or, or whatever. But if a deadline isn't shifted forever, you can't shift that action forever. And I, and I think that you're right to say that. I think we might see some, not necessarily as a firm, but as a profession, uh, maybe as, as a sector, as a world, a, a lull in some things and some spike in some things. But I think that there's going to be a Another another change in a few weeks or months when people have to decide what they do with those things that are on pause. Yeah, there have been some extensions of deadlines, but that's that's not on the face of it. That sounds helpful, but in reality, it's not all that helpful because you still have to get everything done that was meant to be done by the first date before you get by, by the end of the extension date. By which time you've already got lots of other stuff to do. So it's you know it hasn't reduced the amount of work. It's just. Uh, compress the period in which it's got to be done in and i think and i think again that that will that will vary from i think technology to technology i think some people might say well actually we've realized now in the world we're in now that i don't know that new jet engine might not be worth the multi hundred million pound investment that we thought it was in the coming years because that industry could change seismically maybe for example and maybe on the other hand for example zoom that's the, that's the one isn't it in the main news at the moment um i mean obviously they were worth quite a lot of money a year ago they're worth a lot more now but it's an example of tech that's going to be i think seismically shifted in the coming well forever home, home working is clearly in some way here to stay in a bigger way than it was. So people who were involved in technology there. And I think things like that will become far more prevalent where they were probably whimsical or even pointless uh, six months ago. Are there other maybe challenges that clients are going to be facing uh, peripherally to um, IP, such as uh, government schemes or funding or something along those lines, maybe problems that will be coming up along uh, that kind of spectrum? I think so. I mean, whether you're a huge corporate, I mean, you're, you're, I'm guessing your financials are all over the place or could be all over the place in the coming months and years. Um, which is obviously important, but you would have thought for the smaller companies, the SMEs, the startups, I mean, the noise levels must be huge. I mean, whereas a million pound want to make a difference to 
to a huge corporate being being blunt, a, a few tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands is going to make a huge difference to a, st a startup or potentially an SME. Um, and it's difficult times for those. I mean, I'm guessing there are lots of government schemes that were in place to support those guys will still be there. R&D tax credits, patent box, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And it'll be interesting actually to see if patent box gets more of an uptake in the coming years or whether whether you get a resurgence in the seminars about patent box because there is a tax saving there to be open about it. And I think people will be scrabbling for all savings they can in the coming year. So I think it's interesting what you say about patent box and R&D tax credits are not going anywhere. I think I mean, I, that's, that's almost certainly the case, but something that this situation has, has made me think there's a certain level of uncertainty about lots of things. And in, in the same way that you know, one day the UK government is making up rules on this, that, and the other, you know, or the things can change overnight very quickly. You know, they could just suddenly say, do you know what? There's not enough money for um, patent box anymore, or there's the R and D tax credits. We can't give you that anymore. Or my my, my mental attitude has changed to, well, what are the rules today, and plan for that. But it might all be different next year. I think it, I don't know. Things have just changed so quickly and so fast and so unexpectedly that I don't know. I don't I don't feel that certainty is there anymore. I think that whereas. It's challenging for new enterprises and entities now and startups. There's always opportunity there as well. I mean, people's technologies that probably weren't relevant six months ago maybe are so now. This is going to impact things for, for I think, for a decade or so in terms of the way we work, the way we interact, the way we run science experiments, the way we innovate. And I think we just can't be left behind. You can't just get rid of like the entire swathes of startups because they're our future. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Flexibility is the, the key for everyone, isn't it? It's like the conventions have all gone out the window. We're all freer to think differently, to try different things and to, and to do it right now. Richard, Adam, thank you so much for the conversation. No, you're welcome. That was fun. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Adam. And thank you for listening to the Green Shoots podcast by Apple Yard Lees. If you have a question or issue you'd like our IP specialist to discuss on the podcast, then tweet us at Apple Yard Lees or email us at ip at appleyardlees.com.